Welcome, Art Curious listeners, to the reintroduction of our bonus series from a couple of years back, A Little Curious. A Little Curious provides you with short and sweet bonus content about art history in between our normal episodes. And as I've been mentioning to you, we're doing things a little bit differently this time. For the next few episodes of A Little Curious, we are going all the way back to talk about ancient art. In our last two little episodes, we did some deep dives into cave paintings, both in Europe and in Asia, and today we're going deep into sculpture. More specifically, ancient figurines of women, nice rounded ladies, and why they are so voluptuous. So after the break, it's time to get a little curious about body positivity, ice ages, making babies, and ancient sculpture. Stick around. I just recently finished a build onto our house, so I have this amazing new screen porch. And now I am looking for that one special something that will pull it all together and make it a place that I super love to spend time in. And that's why I'm looking at Woodstock Chimes. Woodstock Chimes adds an artful touch to your garden or your patio, and they're also lovely accents for indoor rooms as well. You hang them near an open window in the summer, and you'll hear this beautiful music when the breezes blow. This company offers chimes that are tuned to various melodies and musical scales, and each one is different and delightful. They have beautiful decorative chimes, wind bells, gongs, fountains, and sun catchers to help you create these beautiful tranquil spaces in your home, and a line of personalized chimes that are laser engraved with your own messages prior to shipping. All of them make amazing gifts. You can listen to sound samples on their website, and you'll even find wonderfully large, deep tone chimes that make a huge statement for your gazebo or your entryway. And I would love for you to try one for yourself. Listeners to this podcast can get 15% off now by going to chimes.com and using the promo code ARTCURIOUS. That's chimes.com, promo code ARTCURIOUS. Woodstock Chimes, the world's favorite wind chime. This episode of Art Curious is brought to you by BetterHelp. There have truly been times in my life where I've needed some assistance to figure out what I wanted from life and how to find the happiness I deserved. And that's why I turned to BetterHelp. And BetterHelp is here to help you too. With BetterHelp, a professional can assess your needs and match you with a licensed professional therapist with whom you can begin communicating in less than 48 hours. And it is so convenient because you can connect from wherever you are in a safe and private online environment environment, and you can message, call, or video chat with your therapist, all instead of commuting somewhere and sitting uncomfortably in a waiting room. And BetterHelp also makes it easy to find the right therapist for you. Whether you're looking for help with depression, anxiety, trauma, grief, LGBT matters, self-esteem, or anything, and you don't have to limit yourself to someone who works near your home. Believe me, I've used BetterHelp and it is so easy, and I loved my counselor I connected with. And even if I didn't, it would have been so easy and free to change counselors if I wanted. It's confidential, convenient, professional, and affordable. And financial aid is available. BetterHelp is not a crisis line or a self-help line. It is professional counseling done securely. And check this out. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. 
As an Art Curious listener, you're important to me. And so I want you to start living a happier life today. By visiting our sponsor, BetterHelp, you'll get 10% off your first month of counseling by visiting betterhelp.com slash artcurious. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. That's at betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash artcurious. Everyone has faced the problem. What gift should I give someone? What to give yourself when you're just sitting at home? What to give a friend or your parents? What to give your wife, your husband, your partner? Or to your children or a colleague at work? If there's anything that I've learned over the last year, it's that everyone loves puzzles, especially me. Wooden Puzzles from Unidragon solves this problem uniquely. Why do people love Unidragon puzzles? Each puzzle piece has its own unique shape, and it's very interesting and challenging for both children and adults. Each puzzle is packed in a beautiful premium wooden gift box, and their incredibly colorful designs are tantalizing. With new puzzles being released every month, you have so many options to surprise and delight someone special in your life. These gifts allow for novelty, and they certainly have that wow effect. I recently got a puzzle that shows this beautiful landscape of the Italian Riviera. It's just a wonderful escape while I am still working part-time at home. So you should check out Unidragon yourself. To do this, go to unidragon.com and use my promo code ART10 to get 10% off. So remember, it's Unidragon, U-N-I, Dragon, D-R-A-G-O-N, dot com, and use the promo code ART10. I'm not a huge fan of the phrase bucket list, but I've got to admit that I do have one. A physical one, written in a notebook, just steps away from where I am narrating this episode. It contains not a list of adventurous activities like bungee jumping or skydiving, but instead is kind of a nerdy one. It's a cultural bucket list that's all about art history. So on my list are works of art, museums, and buildings that I haven't yet visited and that I'd love to see with my own eyes, if possible, before I kick that proverbial bucket someday, hopefully far in the future. Every year, it seems to grow a little bit longer. I haven't seen Bramante's Tempietto in Rome, nor have I visited Frida Kahlo's Casa Azul. Those are some biggies. But I am also desperate to go to the Natural History Museum in Vienna, Austria someday to see something tiny, a figurine just four and a half inches tall, or about 11 centimeters, a little figurine of a woman made of limestone and carved with these large bulbous breasts, a big old backside, and curled or plaited hair. This is the so-called Venus of Willendorf, discovered in 1908 by a team of archaeologists near the town of Willendorf in Lower Austria. And she is this small little wonder. Venus here has no face or individually identifying features. She is her body, and a large one at that, with an ample tummy and big belly button, large thighs, and those breasts, such serious breasts. She is all woman, all curves. And that's part of the reason why archaeologists gave her the name of Venus in the first place, because of those superbly exaggerated female and sexual features. They considered her a figure whose purpose, perhaps, was as a fertility figurine or even perhaps a mother goddess, and so could be linked, if not in actuality, but perhaps in a historian's mind, to the Roman goddess of love and fertility, Venus. Chances are really good that when this figure was made, at least 25,000 years ago, according to radiocarbon dating, 
that there wasn't any thought or belief in ancient Greco-Roman mythology, which most likely developed thousands of years later. So the terminology of Venus here is decidedly a little bit of a misnomer. And while some people refer to the sculpture as the woman of Willendorf, it's still most likely that you'll hear people refer to her as Venus. The Venus of Willendorf isn't alone in its exaggeration of the feminine body. Lots of these little Zaftig figures have been discovered around the world, but particularly in Europe, especially in the past century. Even as recently as 2016 and 2017, similar figures were found in Turkey and in Russia, and the Russian one even caused a little bit of a social media stir after being compared to Kim Kardashian. Tiny in stature, but rather bootylicious. Do people still say bootylicious? No, oh, sorry, you guys. Moving on. What's really curious about these rounded ladies is that in the past few years, their interpretations have changed. Or at least there have been alternate usages and meanings that were lobbed at them. The idea of these objects as fertility fetish figurines, try saying that one five times fast, it does make some sense, especially considering the small size of these sculptures. They're so tiny that you could carry them around with you. They're made to fit in the palm of one's hand. But some archaeologists have even considered them as potential self-portraits of ancient women. In 1996, professors Claire Hodge McCoyd and Leroy McDermott, both from Central Missouri State University, posited that they may have been super early renditions of women's own bodies, as seen from above and with their own skewed perspective. So recall that this was a time without mirrors, a Paleolithic period where seeing one's own face was probably rare, perhaps furnished only by a convenient puddle or a very still pond. But a woman could look down upon herself and would have her own self-image distorted by her close proximity to her own body. Her breasts might look bigger, her tummy bulging out, not flattened by the perspective of distance. On my website, I've linked to the original article that the professors wrote, which has some awesome comparative photos and diagrams that really explain the thought processes here. And they are so fascinating. So I definitely think you should go to artcuriouspodcast.com to check out that in the blog post for today's episode. So think of this. Think of how revolutionary this theory may have been at the time in the 90s, when artists were still long considered to have been men, where the sheer exaggeration of the female sex organs on the Venus of Willendorf and others were long viewed as totems of female desire and beauty, and their purposes as lovers and mothers first. How much more interesting to think that these may have been little self-representations by some of the earliest artists. If this is the case, it's not terribly surprising given what other recent research has posited about the world's first artists. I mentioned this briefly in my book, but the length of fingers on the hand sometimes correlates with gender, and so archaeologists believe that some of the earliest cave paintings that we see, especially of handprints, may have been completed by women. So in this case, some of the world's oldest sculptures could have been made by women too. But art history doesn't stop for anyone. New interpretations and evidence, new modes of thinking about even the oldest works of art keep bubbling up. And just last year, in December 2020, the journal Obesity, and yes, that is apparently a journal, carried an article suggesting that there is a link between these robust European statuettes and the Ice Age. Authors Richard J. Johnson, Miguel A. Lanaspa, and John W. Fox 
noted the importance of body fat in basically staying alive in a time of frigid temperatures and glacial advance. As Europe in particular grew colder, people needed to grow larger to survive potential famines and to stay warm. So such so-called Venus figures, then, may have had two purposes. First, as a plain old representation of the appearance of women during this age. And second, even more importantly, they may have been used as what the authors called, quote, ideological tools, conveying the ideals in body size for young women, unquote. Today, we see hundreds of images on practically a daily basis, showing us, especially women and female-identifying people, ideas of how we should look, how our bodies should be carried, how much weight we should lose, how imperfect our dimples are. This, in some ways, is an ancient example of that same kind of propaganda, of policing the quote-unquote best or right way for a woman to look. But instead of trying to sell us products, the intention here is a much nobler one, to encourage survival in the face of one of the harshest meteorological periods ever experienced by humankind. The aesthetics of art thus has a significant function in emphasizing health and survival to accommodate increasingly austere climate conditions, these authors suggested. It was perhaps body positivity for the best possible means. And to paraphrase our great modern poet Freddie Mercury, it truly was fat-bottom girls who made the Paleolithic world go round. Ugh, sorry. For more stories of the unexpected, the slightly odd, and the strangely wonderful in art history, subscribe now to the Art Curious Podcast on the podcatcher of your choice, follow on Spotify, or download and listen on our website, artcuriouspodcast.com. And a reminder that I will read your name and thank you in these episodes if you support our show tax-free by donating to us via our website. Follow the donate links. I'll catch you back here next week for our continuing series on cursed art and again in two weeks for another look at ancient art with a little curious. <laughs>